Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Peyton. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today we are covering episode two of season four titled Portrait of the Artist. And how appropriate it is that it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, Paik. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we're covering you. Um, yeah. Very appropriate. It's definitely a sweetheart kind of show, right? Right, definitely. <laughs> very romantic. Yeah. Uh, and all- <laughs> it's also my brother's birthday today. I need to call him. I oh. still haven't done that. I need to do that as soon as we're done. <laughs> yes, you do. Be a good brother and wish your sibling happy birthday. Well, happy uh, birthday to your brother. That's awesome. <laughs> He gets an extra special uh, Valentine's Day slash yeah. birthday. That's nice. Extra treats. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I, I love, uh, you know, teasing about this show because obviously it's very twisted, which we absolutely love here. Um, and maybe there's some sweethearts out there, some twisted sweethearts, um, you know, that love the show for Valentine's Day. But yeah, definitely um, appropriate, I think, um, in my sick, twisted mind. Um, So what are your general thoughts about this episode as we get a little bit more into this season? Yeah, Um, I enjoyed this one. Uh, It it carried on the whodunit theme that I was very excited about. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's it's I can tell now they are very. did, like they're very set on on developing that as the theme, and I really yes. like that because uh, I, I was hoping it wouldn't be like a over too quick and done. I'll be honest, I didn't like it as much as the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like the first episode really hit the ground running, and this one I was like, okay, but I guess it makes sense. Like, okay, we gotta tread a little bit more. We we can't go as hard and as fast the whole time. Are we gonna? Oh, we are gonna wrap everything up that you know way too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, there's things simmer a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, we we have a lot more to go. We're only on episode two and there's 10 total. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot still to happen, which I'm really 
interested to see how, like where this is going to go, because um, I'm very interested in the, the whodunit and this murder mystery. But at the same time, uh, I'm wondering how, how long can they keep, um, keep it interesting, I guess, for the next, um, you know, like eight episodes. So I, I think it's, I'm still enjoying it right now, but will will I get tired of it if they can't keep things moving or, right. you know, I don't want to, um, you know, fiddle too long uh, with some, some of the plot and stuff. So hopefully they'll find a way. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm interested for sure, but it's like, well, you've got eight more episodes, so just keep it going. And I think they usually do a pretty good job um, yeah. in with past seasons. So I can't really, um, you know, say, well, they, they didn't pull it off and, and others. So I think they do a pretty good job. I, and I think there's yeah. probably going to be enough twists and turns maybe um, to help with that. But yeah, we've got a long way to go. Yes. So, but yeah, I, I liked it too. Um, I was intrigued and uh, I, I do love a good mystery. So I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and I have some thoughts. So, <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad because this would be, not as fun of a podcast if we didn't have thoughts. <laughs> it would all be just on you, Paik. You're going to have to drive this thing. So, <laughs> Well, I know I went first last week. So how about you kick it off this week with your first point? All right. I My first point, really my first two points are like non-points because this one I didn't have as many. I still, for some, I'm just like ingrained in the five point. Yeah, like, that's okay. way of doing things. That's just like how my brain works after years of doing this. You know? I know like, I've brainwashed so. you and now I've changed, changed it all. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, these like first two and, and I, and I've always just my own way of doing it is like from smaller to bigger. So like the first ones are like, eh, they're just like little thoughts. Um, so this one really be more like extra notes typically, but uh, just some thoughts about art based off of <laughs> while I was watching this episode, this gallery, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, the art show here. Um, I'm, I, I, I feel very in kinship with Joe on a lot of the thoughts about the art <laughs> walking. In, Cause I was like, there's a whole section of the gallery show for NFTs. I was like, yeah, no, we as a society I, have gone too far where I don't get it. I don't get it. Abandoned God in these times. No. <laughs> I don't understand it. I've, I've tried Googling. I've tried understanding. I still don't know that I fully understand at all. So I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, yeah. So the NFTs thing was, was funny. And then even Joe has a little thing. He's like, I can't wait to get back to being around people who don't know or care what NFTs are. Uh, <laughs> I've never gotten the appeal. Uh, and then, you know, while he's talking to Adam. I have this thought. I'm like, man, if somebody can spend 70,000 pounds to see what's inside an egg. They have too much money and nothing good to do with it. Um, <laughs> About the cost of eggs, real eggs today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little close to home. <laughs> Man, he's just, just like, because even Joe's reaction again, he's like, I think, I think I'm going to buy it. I need to know. And he's like, the egg? I'm like, that's, that's what you're interested in. He's like, yeah, it's for just 70,000 pounds. Oh, only. Okay. Got you. It's a steal, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not annoying at all. Right. So, you know, as, as snarky and, you know, I can look down on like, Oh, hipster, you know, kind of very whatever art 
nonsense. Uh, very <laughs> but then also where Joe does have his soul touched, I kind of understood that too. Cause yeah, I'm not big. I'm not super big on art myself. Go figure. Um, but the sudden infatuation with the cat eyes, I actually got that a lot. Like I kind of did the same as it like focused on it. I was like, wait a minute. Holy crap. Those are actually like gorgeous and detailed and amazing. And I'm like, actually like looking at it, like, how do you paint something like that? Like you kind of get lost in it. Mm-hmm. And like, again, Joe's inner voice and him being like, maybe I am the asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe this isn't as pretentious as I thought it was. Cause I, it is speaking to my soul right now. I like his kind of joke. Teresa's like, I think I'm falling in love with a cat. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agreed with that too. I was like, actually these, I, I don't know the whole theme of like it being from like going from like a sketch to like halfway finished to like a fully finished to them pixelated. And they're like, yeah, of, I didn't get that. Yeah. Kind of weird. But I'm like, I don't know what that theme running behind it is, but they are really beautiful paintings. And then, so that's, we see that blue is a genius, not Simon. Uh, but <laughs> that's kind of a further point to talk about later. I'm sure. But just kind of leaning that she's the one that painted those. But I'm like, yeah, no, that that's, that's true artistry. I don't know exactly what it means, but even if this is just something that was created for the show, I'm still looking at it like whoever painted this in real life, even as just a prop for the show, like knew what they were doing. Cause that there was some, there's a little something soulful to that painting. Those eyes. I was like, okay, maybe I get art now a little bit. <laughs> I I love that. that. I think that's a great um, starting point because you know, I, I was thinking about that moment too with Joe staring in front of the painting and, and I am not an art uh, aficionado by any means. Like I am not super well-versed. I mean, I have some uh, favorite artists and, and classic paintings that I'm a fan of, but you know, I can't just like walk into an art gallery and, you know, start breaking it down or what the artist was feeling or thinking when they painted you know, this, whatever it is that I'm looking at, whatever art um, canvas that, you know, I, I can't deconstruct it by any means. It's not my field of expertise, but I do have a deep appreciation for all things beautiful. So if I'm in an, uh, an art gallery or in a museum looking at paintings, um, I am able to appreciate the beauty of something. I know when something moves me, uh, in, in whatever way, or makes me feel something. Um, I'm not an expert, but I'm, I'm with you. When Joe is staring at those eyes, it was very intriguing. I could find myself once you really look like you allow yourself a moment to really look in those eyes, there was something there. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I felt like Joe in the moment where I was, you know, totally lost in, in the cat eyes. And then I was really curious. He had a look on his face and I don't know. I'm I don't know that I figured it out. I'm still asking myself, but um, what do you think Joe was thinking? Do you think Joe was just having an, an, an appreciative moment uh, of art in that moment and that he actually is maybe kind of, I was thinking maybe he's kind of stunned that Simon, who's such an asshole, could create something so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and of course we know later, but at the time we didn't know that, right? We, we were, operating on the fact that it's Simon's work um, that he's actually impressed that he was able to actually like these people are assholes, but they're still people and they can 
still have talent, I guess, or mm-hmm. have skills. And I think maybe he was kind of struck by that in a way. Yeah, he he did not go into that gallery, that that show, expecting to actually be impacted by a piece of art to be like, oh, wow, that actually speaks to me in some way, whatever it could be. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was expecting that to happen at all. So then, yeah. but then, you know, it then makes sense, I guess, for him to, once he realizes the truth of the situation with Blue, to then be like, okay, so it's definitely still not <laughs> Simon speaking to me. Like, it's another kind of misunderstood person that's out there that that's that's what was speaking to me Mm -hmm. yeah i I like that moment um i was sad to see red paint splattered all over Mm -hmm. it later um but yeah that's a that's a great way to start it off um well i I feel like mine are going to be the first couple are going to be kind of short i have a really um uh kind of big point that i'm curious to explore with you a little bit and get your thoughts on as we're continuing this story and this whodunit. But I wanted to talk um, just a minute about Nadia and get your thoughts on her. I don't have her figured out or anything yet, but I, I, I like her. Um, I think she's intriguing. Um, I liked that she was kind of introducing Joe to the murder mystery. Um, and I liked how he admitted he was a bit of a snob. He's like, you know, oh, the worst of the, you know, liter- worst of literature, you know, we're, <laughs> we're you know, talking about whodunits or murder mysteries. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, they're not my favorite or anything. But there's some good ones out there for sure. Um, so it's it's funny to hear him uh, finally kind of admit to himself he's a bit of a snob. But I like that, you know, she's introducing that to him, kind of giving him the basic formula of, you know, a whodunit. I think she's bright. Um, and then I wonder, do you think she had something going on with Malcolm? Yeah, that was because that's what Joe picks up on. Uh, so I, I made note of that, of course. Yeah, that Joe's wondering if there's something going on between Nadia and Malcolm. And I was like, man, I, I kind of hope not. But then also, I really hope that he doesn't get an idea about her for himself. I'm like, please, no, right. we're not. Let's let's not do that at all i i liked the line that came with that scene a whole lot where he says you know you know the worst part about you showing up in my life how good it was just starting to be and i was like oh i feel that but then he's like says that or he's thinking that instead as he's looking at nadia and i'm like joe don't don't even start don't like one it's just bad for you to obsess over anybody but like she's your student that's an extra level of no don't yeah yeah <laughs> big big red flag joe just stay away yeah but yeah, but it was kind of because she was very, you know, it was like, well, Malcolm was doing this. And then like she stops herself. It was like he told us to call him that. But then. Yes, yeah, mm. there were some like little signs that I think even Joe was picking up on, like, what was there? Yeah, I I wonder if there was. And then she also mentioned. Uh, she was going to show him her pages like she's writing something. And he was going to look it over for her and I guess, you know, give some feedback or critiquing or something. Um, and I feel like Malcolm wouldn't be above plagiarizing something as his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if he was doing something like that and that could then in turn maybe make her a suspect. Because I'm wondering, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to 
because I feel like there's going to be a twist. There's going to be a twist. Mm-hmm. And I want to try and figure it out. Right. I feel like I, because I'm not so great sometimes, especially with like a who, I'm not very good at like a whodunit and murder mysteries and figuring out exactly who did it. Like watching Glass Onion, I just had, I was just like, I don't know what the hell's going on, you know, and did not see the twist coming. Just and, along for the ride. Don't yeah. tell me about the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like I, I'm enjoying the ride, but you know, I'm sitting there trying to figure out like, well, gosh, I don't know, it could be this person because of this, and it could be that person because of that, you know, and and as we're going through this whole list of suspects, I'm like, maybe it's not anyone in that circle at all. Maybe it could be Nadia. But at the same time, I also think she's also, or maybe they're kind of setting her up to be the seasons like Paco or Ellie. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always had, you know, someone to kind of refer to in that kind of role. So I wonder if she's going to kind of fill that um, here for Joe. Yeah like they did. So I don't know, but I like her. I think she's, she's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, so I don't know, just some thoughts about Nadia. I feel like I don't, or haven't seen, like we didn't, we saw her, but didn't talk as much in the first episode. So I feel like I've only got this episode to go on, but I don't know, yeah. kind of feeling it out. Yeah. So What's your next point? All right. Well, I do have a point about her as well. So oh, since you brought that up, I'll go into that. And it's a little bit about her, but mainly kind of her role in this episode as, you know, the laying out the rules of mystery novels, the rules of the whodunit, yes. right? Uh, because, of course, she loves whodunits uh, and unwillingly becomes the greatest asset to piecing clues together and learning how things add up that Joe's trying to do. Just funny because I know, I, like I said last episode, I was super excited about like, oh, who done it? And then right off the bat in this episode, he's like, oh, great, a who done it? The lowest form of liter- literature. And I'm like, ouch, <laughs> Joe, damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he does have a big mystery fan uh, here to help him out. Although this is a real murder, not a fictional book. However, for this show, I think it is perfectly fitting that this season's seeming theme is also most likely as Nadia puts it while explaining the purpose of a whodunit to Joe. She says it's social commentary hiding under the mystery. It's like, well, that sounds like you um, for sure. That sounds like this show. So uh, makes sense. Yep. So her, very meta. Yeah. This, this series so far or the season. Sorry. So her main three points or tropes of the whodunit. One, there are no coincidences. Two, all motives always boil down to sex, money, or revenge. And three, the first suspect is usually the second victim. Um, and we see those all play out in some form or another throughout the rest of this episode. Uh, and then, of course, it's good that Nadia is also thinking, <laughs> telling him all this under the guise that he's taking on a personal project of writing a murder mystery novel of his own that he's like, I hate this genre. So I'm challenging myself to, to write a book in that genre to better myself as a writer and a thinker, which maybe that's not a bad idea, honestly, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> but that's what she's thinking uh, he's doing. Cause she even says like, if your book becomes a bestseller, I get 10%. Uh, and then she runs back into him a little bit later in the episode when he is leaving Malcolm's office that he broke into. Uh, <laughs> And she gives him the next lesson in whodunit, which is that the detective needs a special skill, not just aimlessly looking for and stumbling onto clues. And that's when Joe remembers he has his invisibility cap and super creeper powers. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I am a super not really hero, but <laughs> I've got powers of deduction and observation and invisibility that I at least I think. Um, he likes to think he does. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was kind of fun running because like you see him kind of thinking about it, and she's like, "Wait, I just gave you an idea, didn't I? Like, I just actually helped you." Uh, <laughs> his facial expressions are on point because yeah. you could just see it all over his face. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I did like having more of her this episode, like you were saying, and then but yeah, that she's definitely an interesting character that there could be more in one way or another about her uh, to find out later. But then even in this episode that she kind of played the part of, you know, the, the expert, so to speak, maybe not quite, but, you know, on, on this genre and the murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And he's able to take the things that she's saying and apply it to his real life mystery he's trying to solve. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like this role she's playing. She's definitely helping him helping him along in, you know, his little side investigation while she thinks she's just helping him with the book mm-hmm. um, or, you know, keeping it on track. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, I am trying to also, like I said, trying to figure out some of these characters. I feel like there are so many of them are, are very superficial and maybe not that deep, but Kate um i found interesting this episode and man does she hate joe like (laughs) i mean i mean it's valid right i mean she she maybe she just gets a a vibe off of him and just instinctively is like yeah i don't like you i don't trust you you know why are you hanging around us or something but she she definitely is kind of wretched like sometimes watching her on screen and how rude she is, it's just like, geez, you know, Mm -hmm. calm down. Um, You know, she's, she, she yells at Joe one minute. Why are you here? Why are you hanging out with our friends? But in another scene, she's like, Oh, well, Phoebe invited you. And, you know, we want to keep like Phoebe happy, you know, it's paraphrasing or whatever, but, um, but, you know, it sounds like, and, and Joe even said it um, uh, at one point in this episode, like, oh, Phoebe carries a lot of weight in this group, mm-hmm. you know, because as soon as he's like, hey, Phoebe invited me, they all kind of shut down when they were like, you know, giving him a hard time about his clothes and being there and stuff um, before the uh, art gallery um, or the show that night. Um, yeah. So she she's she's interesting. And I don't know that I have her figured out yet because I'm like, is she... She, because she ended up doing, and I don't know what her reasoning is. Maybe it's still like a terrible reason um, as to why she was helping Blue, um, trying to get her like cleaned up um, after what happened at the art gallery. Uh, you know, if she, you know, because she's paying for her to go to rehab, um, and she's like helping her out, and maybe wants to develop her. You know, because I mean, if she did those paintings, well, she's clearly talented. She could be up and coming. She could make some money off of her or, you know, help her help her through um, becoming that artist that she wants to be and be shown Um, and to have someone like Kate behind her who's well known in that world. So I'm like, well, is she doing it to be nice? Because she felt bad of how Simon took advantage of her um, and how he used her uh, and all of these other assistants. 
um, or is she doing it for her own benefit? And, you know, is she also really benefiting from Simon now being dead? Because I know that she kind of came up on the suspect list. Like she could benefit from Simon being dead because, hey, his artwork's worth more. Mm -hmm. Um, And after the stunt, you know, he pulled there at the gallery and how awful he was just terrible too. Um, how terrible he was to her, um, you know, forcing her to, you know, go shut her down, um, and take care of it. Um, so I don't know. I'm like, is she, I can't quite figure out what her motives are. Um, I don't, I don't consider her right now, um, a suspect, um, with Malcolm or Simon, but I am curious, like, is she a terrible person because she hangs out with terrible people? You know, um, you know how you, you can kind of pick up similar characteristics or just being around miserable, shallow people can make you that way or something. You know, maybe she's been hanging around them too long um, or, you know, you are who you hang out with. Um, I don't know. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure her out. Do you have yeah. thoughts she's, about Kate or? She's still really hard to to pin down. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, 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 I felt like there was a genuine nicety to her helping blue with the rehab and writing her a check. Cause it wasn't like blue wasn't even asking for money. Right. Like she just wrote it. She's like, it's 3000 good there. Like just like, I, I feel like she believed her pretty quickly on and was like, also just going through basically being threatened and blackmailed with Simon, basically telling her like, if you don't take care of this issue right now, I'm going to like blacklist you and no other artists are going to want to use your gallery. And like, mm-hmm. So she knows what it's like to be taken advantage of somebody who thinks they're way, like that powerful. And so she probably did believe blue pretty early on and then takes it upon herself to be like, I know how terrible Simon can be. And I've probably kind of given him a platform to continue doing it to people. So maybe she feels a little bit of responsibility too. And that's why she wants to help. I do think the help is genuine. And I think she doesn't fully suck. She's just very, and it could be, <laughs> And it could just be, she even says what I think in the first episode, she tells Joe that like, I really don't uh, care if you think that I'm a bitch. In fact, I prefer it. Like she kind of likes to keep people at an arm's distance. She doesn't want people That's getting true. close to her. That's true. Yep. Good point. Yeah. That, that can certainly be like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, just if you're, if you're rude and uh, you know, just like, acting like an awful person in general might not be who you really are, but if you act that way, it kind of keeps people away from you. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's why. And again, she kind of fits right in with that crowd. You know, there so many of them are just awful. I think Phoebe is, is kind of sweet, which maybe that's, that's going to be the twist, you know, that (laughs) Phoebe's, you know, the one behind everything because she's, she just, I can't imagine her at all, but um, I feel like most, everyone is i'm like y'all are just awful i <laughs> wouldn't be around any of you for more than a few minutes so um so yeah she 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 definitely does blend in to the crowd but that yeah that's that's a good point that's you're probably right yeah um maybe <laughs> yeah i mean we'll see i don't know but yeah I, i'm like it, it was interesting just to see her you know kind of try to make it right i guess um, after what Simon did to her. So, all right. What's your next point? All right. My next one, another quick thought, little one. I wanted to bring back up your suspect. Number one from last episode. I feel like what you had 
Oh, uh, let's talk about Adam Pratt. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so many interesting things in this <laughs> series so far. We're two episodes in and right. Uh, <laughs> and again, it's just, I just have a few tiny little thoughts, but, uh, one, so it is a little strange that Adam has a, uh, weekly water sports meeting scheduled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a good way to put it right you know i'm I'm not gonna kink shame you know you do you my guy but uh the, the fact that it's so regimented that's what's weird to me the most i think is that it's like thursday 3 p.m you know what we gotta go do it's like all right dude <laughs> yeah the the weekly thing yeah that was interesting scheduled yeah. which is is funny but then i guess so that's what Malcolm had on him. Malcolm is trying to put blackmail things together against people. That's kind of the shared motive, I guess, is he's been blackmailing people. Yeah. And as far as we know, that's really all that Adam is guilty of, quote unquote. Again, in the grand scheme of things, I like that Joe even is like is like his kink is like really in the grand scheme of things not even that bad to where like the Madre Linda, you know, mothers would wouldn't even scoff at it. They'd be like, sure, whatever. People I know. Um, <laughs> like that's that's it. That's it? <laughs> you know, that's all you've got on him. I mean, mm-hmm. he was already known as kind of a or at least the what he dug up on him and his history and his family and stuff. You know, he had the the DUI and yeah. you know, um so I mean it sounds like, you know, is that really the worst that you've that you've got on him? So yeah, I mean it's not my thing, and, but you know I, I I don't kink shame either. If that's your thing, go DUIs for it as long as you're not hurting anyone or or um, that situation. Either way, we know he's fond of getting pissed. Um, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I no, should have uh, seen that coming. <laughs> no, um, yes, yeah, so it was it was an interesting scene. Um, and then my other little thought again, talk about the the egg scene a little bit and and joe's talking to him about phoebe and he has this line about their relationship he says it's like cookies for breakfast and every other meal every day always and i hear that i was like that sounds like a nightmare um but i don't have much of a sweet tooth so i (laughs) (laughs) I was like i'd get sick of cookies very fast i don't know why that sounds like that almost sounds like a negative compliment where you're like, she's like cookies every day. It's like, as in like overly sweet and a little bit goes a long way and you'd get, grow, you'd grow tired of the sweetness a little too fast. Maybe, maybe yeah. there's a hidden agenda in there. Cause that's it what does. I think of when I hear that. I don't think of that as necessarily a full positive. Uh, there <laughs> can be too, too much of a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting conversation, but then Really, after that conversation, at least for now, and I do like that this season so far is only two episodes, but it's doing this to me where I'm kind of reevaluating after each episode. But as of right now, I'm like, I think I can scratch Adam off my suspect list mm-hmm. right now. I think me too. I think we're good. I'm still leaning Reese, hoping for the twist. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but I think for right now, off my little clue game paper i can go ahead and like mark adam off with a pencil because you never know i might have to come back later but right now i think he's he's checked off yes uh i feel like i've scratched adam off of my list too 
So I agree with you. Um, yeah, I didn't think Malcolm had much on him. It sounds like maybe he would have tried to have used it. I don't know if he yeah. already had or if Adam was aware, um, had already been approached um, by him for maybe, any he does, money or something. But yeah, because he does tell Joe he's just like careful about Malcolm because if you let him get too mm-hmm. close and involved in your personal business, then he'll try to shake you down. Oh, that's true. Maybe he had already approached him and maybe he told him to like fuck off or something, mm-hmm. you know, or didn't care because, you know, he he's already used to being a bit of a, a bad boy or whatever. And again, who cares right. if that's <laughs> like, you know, uh, so what? You know, I just I'm like, <laughs> what? OK, fine. It's, you know, if it's not your thing, but it's his thing. But who cares that that's what he likes? So I don't know. I don't know. Understand how, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something on why that would be something he would, you know, think that would be such a big deal to like blast, mm-hmm. you know, to everyone. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like I've, I've crossed Adam um, off my list as well. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And I know we talked about um, Reese some, but you know what? This episode really made me pick up on some things, um, especially my second watch. Mm-hmm. So I want to go on a journey. All right. And- <laughs> <laughs> should I buckle in? Or should I like pack something? I feel, like, gonna- I feel like everyone should just buckle in and be like, oh, God. <laughs> Raymond's got a crazy like conspiracy theory and I don't look I'm not one of the conspiracy theory like I don't typically go for a lot of conspiracy theories but you know sometimes I just like to have fun with these because I am really expecting a twist that I'm not going to be able to predict so I'm really just going all all in with this so Reese we start with the dinner scene um after we had ended that first um or ended episode one sorry let me get myself situated here um they're all sitting at dinner they're all kind of chatting joe's having his inner dialogue and he's looking at everyone right um you know and has thoughts about them and he's like you know who could it be as he's as he's having that conversation with himself and reese leans over and Asks him like, "What? What are, are you okay? Or what's going on? Or whatever?" Yeah, he says, and, "You look sick." <laughs> yeah, that's right. You look sick. And Joe says, "I'm fine." 
And Adam looks at him and goes, sorry, what? Or like, what did you, (laughs) you know? And it's like, okay, that was weird. That interaction was weird. The dinner table scene was weird. Um, Oh, he says, what was that? Is what Adam says. And like Joe had directed the I'm fine to Adam or something. Um, So it just, it seemed a little weird. And then at the gallery, him and Joe are standing in front of the cat painting and they're having that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then Blue comes up and she slashes, throws the paint, right? And they're standing off to the side and then they're watching this whole scene. There's Joe and um, you can see uh, Reese standing next to him and they're watching all of this play out. And then all of a sudden Reese is just gone. Joe just Mm -hmm. walks away and we don't see him. Later, at after Simon has been killed and everyone's gathered there at Phoebe's place, Reese is there. Uh, he makes a comment, but nobody responds to it. Um, I just I have not seen anyone interact <laughs> with Reese. I never even like thought of this, and now that you're saying it, I'm thinking back because as you were talking, I'm like in the back of my head. I was like, has anybody talked to Reese except for Joe? And I'm like, fuck, don't. Why would you do this? <laughs> so is he is he real? Did that seems like did a Joe very strange twist that uh I don't know if I would like that as the twist, but I don't know what to think. I don't know either. Like, but is, so, is his Joe completely lost it and he just like read this book and like felt so connected to this guy? Well, and that's where I feel like there. there's a hole. There's a hole because Nadia gave him the book. Right. With and said, Oh, here's and I can't think of his last name, but um, you know, oh, he's he's the greatest thing. We we want him all to be mayor. Um, and you know, gives him the book. So I can't explain that away. Yeah. So I Other totally than, get that I've got a hole. This was just being handed the book. Maybe what Nadia didn't say was just like, and then he died a horrible, tragic death. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, like I said, I don't have an explanation for that, but it's like if, if, if Reese is so popular amongst this group of kids, because Nadia's talked and Nadia was really talking him up in that first episode, like, oh my gosh, he's just the greatest. We all want him to run for mayor and really change things and shake things up. And he's supposed to just be this great um, visionary and is going to make a difference in, in London. But why does no one, why is he not surrounded by a group of people? Why is he not a big smash? Why is he not, why aren't people coming up and talking to him um, and interacting? I've not seen anyone in, even when they were at uh, the club, that sundry house club in the first episode of the party, I didn't see anyone talking to Reese at all. They also, um, Reese dresses very similar to Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the first episode, uh, he, Joe assigned his class to read the Telltale Heart from Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with Poe, which Telltale Heart was one of my, it's not my absolute favorite, but one of my, it's, I, I like Poe. So it is a, yeah. it's a classic, um, which is a story about a killer who feels guilt mm-hmm. um that he so much guilt that he imagines that his victim's heart is still beating and then other people can hear it so what if 
Joe, because there's no coincidences. Nadia said there's no coincidences. <laughs> so what if Joe really did kill Malcolm? And he's feeling the guilt because he can't stop killing people. Remember, he wanted to, he wanted to stop killing people. He's like, I'm a good guy and I can change and I'm done with all of that. And he's got this whole Joe slash Jonathan persona. Like, I don't know, like, cause he, cause he was like, oh, I just wanted this European vacation, you know, and now you have ruined it, you know, talking about, and he's referring to you now as yeah. the suspect instead of like Marianne or any of his like new obsessions. You is now the stalker, this killer. Yeah. I picked up on that. I thought that was cool that like his new obsession is who is stalking him. And that's where he's focused right now. Exactly. and. How in the world could somebody have figured out so quickly uh, like who he was to tape up all those newspaper articles about himself in like such a short amount of time? Um, so I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I said it was going to be a journey. Um, and then what if he didn't let Marianne go? What if, what if he's had some kind of break? Because what if he really did kill Marianne? I don't know if he did, but I'm like, maybe that would have sent him over. I just feel like maybe something, something has happened that he's really, because then when we see who kills Simon, it doesn't look like a a woman. It looked like Mm -hmm. men's shoes. Um, And Simon was not surprised to see the person, whoever it was. Right. So it had to be someone he knew. So I feel like, it's got to be someone within that group, I think. Um, so I don't know. And then why is he like Joe is always like out asleep. Like he was asleep waking up from um, the partying from night before when he woke up and found Malcolm and he was asleep on the bench when the police showed up after Simon was murdered. Right. I don't know. yeah we're really going down the crazy theory train but everything (laughs) but the thing is everything you said is very valid and it's like oh god no (laughs) i never thought of this well it it i couldn't help but have um and i hope it's not a spoiler because it's a little bit of an older movie but you know it's like is he the brad pitt to uh you know his edward norton right That's that's all I could think of. I'm like, why isn't anyone else talking to Reese? And like, no one's even acknowledging his presence. And it's just weird. Whether or not that's what it is or not, there's just something weird with those interactions. Mm-hmm. Which now that you mentioned that like reference. So, so yeah. Um, if in the next episode, the show makes a Fight Club reference because the writers can't help <laughs> themselves, then, <laughs> then yeah. Well... You know. <laughs> well and I don't think that this supports what, and I don't know that I'm right. I don't know, but I kept, <laughs> it, it may, I thought it was weird in the first episode, but I thought, Oh, it's maybe Reese is a little standoffish because maybe he is a little eh, towards some of them. Like he is one of them, but he's also a little bit like Joe. So I didn't put too much stock in it, but the second episode, especially the rewatch pointed it out. And then I was like, you know, Oh, but, you know, Nadia said there's no coincidences and then this, and I don't know. Um, I'm probably way off base, but 
And again, this other thing that I've realized, I watched, um, Pam Badgley has a TikTok. And again, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's weird. I'm going to add it as evidence, but it's probably not. But I wonder if he himself um, put out a clue because he's got a really great TikTok, by the way. If if y'all don't um, follow Penn Badgley on TikTok, you should. He's really he's new to it, but he's really mastered it. Um, the day that you had premiered on Netflix, he put out a TikTok where he, as Penn Badgley, was talking to his Joe character um, mm-hmm. and telling him, you know, okay, you, you have to like, stop killing people. Do not kill people. And he's like, oh no, don't kill him. Put him in a cage, you know? And there's this whole, <laughs> you know, funny little interact. It was really funny. Um, I won't repeat it all because I, I, I'm not very interesting, but I would suggest go checking that out. I'll send it to you after the, yeah. after the show so you can see it, but yeah, go look that up. And I was just like, you know, cause I thought it was really funny and it stood out, but it didn't. But then whenever I saw this and I was like, oh my gosh, was he setting us up for that? Like he's like kind of split from himself. And he's like, you know, I don't know. I so mean, the I don't real know. killer is Penn Badgley. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, not Joe, I, but <laughs> well not you know that's not quite where i was going with it but but it was just interesting like how he's you know talking to his own persona and his you know so i'm like oh this we've got joe and jonathan more his other side of himself you know where he's trying to be good you know he's the good guy right that's what joe keeps telling himself he's the good guy but we know he's really not yeah you know joe's bad and he kills people and he writes it off and you know, um, rationalizes, you know, what he does. Um, and then her, it's, you know, his whole new look, which I, I get it's probably part of his um, disguise, you know, because he's running from what he did uh, in California. So he's got the beard and a little bit longer hair. So I get that. Um, but, you know, it, it still, it's like a whole new person. Yeah. Um, but there's still that side of him. So I don't know. I'm just having fun with it. And if I'm wrong, I'm okay <laughs> with it. I'm just, I'm having fun. It's interesting. But that's sure. that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wiped out. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> well, really my next... like, knock you off a little bit. <laughs> Man, didn't see that one coming, but I, I like it. Uh, so, so my next point would be... Um, if there is another actual person that's doing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just talking about his stalker a little bit in a, in a point I titled somebody's watching me. Um, <laughs> I do like that. He called out the fact that his phone was missing while he was wearing Adam's insane coat, because now he's also thinking like I was that someone was putting the app on his phone at that time. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I called that out last week and then he did this week. Um, after talking to Nadia, I didn't expect that Joe was going to go straight to thinking it was Elliot. Uh, I don't know if that really makes a whole lot of sense, but I guess it's good to mark him off also. Uh, and he seems to already be away in some mountainous locale somewhere, uh, getting away from everything, living his own life. Uh, we'll see if my theory about him returning in regards to Marianne still plays out. I don't know. Um, but I like then he that was his like first thought was like Elliot and he's like I have no he goes 
you don't know how glad I am to not know what you're talking about. <laughs> like that's good. Yeah. It's like I'm not an idiot. Well, you kind of start to sound like one. Uh, <laughs> but then we see, yeah, I mean, Joe's, you know, your theory aside, he still kind of is losing it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't like being on the other end of the stalking situation. You know, no. as he's staying there in the courtyard at the university and the murderer is like texting him through that app and he's like frazzled. He's looking around him and he's just like, you can tell that if somebody's watching him right there, they're going like, I've got, I'm under your skin 100% right now. I've got you freaked out. Good job. You know? Yes. He was not (laughs) happy with that. Uh, so yeah. And then you mentioned you not Marianne anymore. It's not Kate. It's, Joe's you is now this secret murderer stalker person. Um, there is somebody that was in both episodes. I tracked her in the first episode, but didn't say anything. I didn't really think much of it, but now in this episode. Yes. So what is with this older lady? Uh, she looks at Joe this like certain way when trying to take his photo at the gallery event. Mm-hmm. And I am almost completely sure it's the same lady that was eyeing him in Paris while he was looking for Marianne in the first episode. Yeah. While he's going around to like the, like when all the different people have all the paintings set up, whenever he picks up the one that Marianne painted and was asking about it, that same lady was there painting and like stopped and stared at him for a minute. Huh? I, I, I noticed her in the second episode and there seemed to be a look of recognition. Is it, does she recognize him from when she saw him in Paris or does she recognize him as maybe Joe? That's what, yeah. I, and I don't know. I think they're, it's definitely a, a mystery they're setting up because mm-hmm. even in that first episode in Paris, the way she looked at him was almost like, like not so much of like a, or like, oh yeah. Almost like a kind of recognition, like, wait a minute, don't I know you? Or like, mm-hmm. where are you here? Like there was, there was kind of an interesting look between them in the first episode and though to see her again here and she's really like staring him like through him. I was like, okay, something is definitely, there's something going on with her. There's a connection. Yeah. I, I picked it up on the second episode, but I think I missed her in the first. Uh, so, but just even just in the second episode, they definitely let you know that she saw him and that look again on, or on her face was like, you know, where she's kind of studying him like, hey, you know, I think I know you or something or know you from yeah. somewhere. And he just before she can even get that click, he just turns his head. So yeah. it'd be interesting if she pops up again. Yeah, um, keep an eye out for sure. <laughs> but so now yeah. like, what is her connection? Is it somehow connected to what's going on now with a stalker murder or does she have a connection to love or? to Candace or to Beck, you know, how far does it go? What is this? You know, she could be what friggin' uh, <laughs> um, maybe the, the, you know, uncle Jesse's mom. Um, <laughs> oh, since he's in prison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and it could just be someone. And again, like, I know I've got a total batshit, uh, uh, theory. Uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm totally fine with being wrong. I'm just having fun with it. Um, but, you know, it would be, it would 
also be kind of cool if it was like someone from Joe's past. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know if they're, I don't, I haven't done a whole lot of like reading to see how many seasons they've planned. I hope this is the last one though. I don't know how many more uh, seasons that they can, you know, keep going with right. this kind of storyline. So I, I, I hope, and not, I don't say it because I don't love it, but I don't want it to get tired and old. Uh, so I, I feel like if this was the last season that it would be really cool for it to like, can be someone from Joe's past to kind of come back and turn the tables on him and make him be the one that's being stalked and going through all these things that he's done to other people. Because would she say it's either for sex, money, or revenge, um, Nadia did for, you know, the motive or whatever. So it'd be interesting if, if it was like that. So does does she recognize him from, 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 you know, his past somewhere or whatever? I think that would be interesting. So, yes, I don't know who she is, but I'm very interested. Yeah. Of course, Mm -hmm. everything is really coming to a head right here at the end of this episode as yeah, he goes back into his flat and, Oh no, uh, whoever this murder stalker is, they've got Joe figured out. They did the homework from love all the way back to Beck and, Sending him that message with "Hello, Joe." Damn it! <laughs> you know he's uh, he's not happy with that. No, he just he just wanted a nice European holiday, mm-hmm. and someone has figured him out. Yeah, I don't know. I I was bummed to have to stop the episode there, but I'm excited to watch um, that episode tonight and see where we go. There's so much that can happen. Again, there's 10 darn episodes and we're only on two. So if he's already been figured out, you know, how, how long is this little cat and mouse game going to go, you know? Right. So I don't know. That was, that was really good. Um, I didn't have any more main points. And my one note that I had was about that photographer lady at the gallery. Um, you know, curious you know, who she was. And I know we've talked, you know, I think there's not really too much to say about her. So I think we've said everything um, that I wanted to, do you have any other notes or points that you want to cover? Yeah. Uh, I'll try to run through them. Uh, my last like main point was just a whodunit. Uh, actually <laughs> the, the theme of that, as far as just trying to putting like motives and clues together for other people, you know, I mentioned kind of marking Adam off my list, but then just kind of seeing the different clues that were in the episode. Speaking of Adam, though, yeah, off the top with that, you mentioned the, you know, I'm fine. I and mean, what was that kind of thing where Adam says, you know, you steal my spotlight, I murder you. And then he laughs right after. But it's just they like to throw these little murder lines and throw us down all kinds of different trails. So I really still have no clue. But I like that they are giving like little breadcrumbs for each character that, it, you know, just a throwaway line that they say. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned something about, you know, the past from California following him. And so even rolled having a throwaway line, like you look like a California boy. Like, is he trying to dig at him? Is he, is he purposely saying California for a reason? Does he know something like you don't know? It's just yeah, like, it could Joe be was completely, vague, yeah. you know, about East coast, West coast. So why did he throw mm-hmm. out California? Yeah. So I'm like, it could be a completely just meaningless something somebody would say, mm-hmm. but it also could have meaning and you don't know. So I, I like that. I like that they're doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, we see that nobody liked Malcolm except maybe Kate. Uh, 
And it is, Malcolm was kind of going behind everybody's back and he owed people money, but then instead of paying them back the money, he was just trying to blackmail them all and had different, you know, things on all of them. Um, and yeah, so, that yeah. was interesting that nobody, <laughs> nobody really liked him. So was it because of Kate that they, yeah, he just kind know. of was in the group because of that? Or do they all know sure. that he was trying to blackmail all of them with one thing or another? Maybe. And he owed all of them money. Like what was, because <laughs> then yeah, yeah, Joe sees the little journal with all this like kind of coded blackmail information that he has on people. So it's like, well, no wonder they don't like him. Uh, and that's a murder motive for like everybody. Uh, just find that detective fee that Vic winds up with pretty quickly anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then of course I mentioned Simon kind of threatening to blacklist Kate. So then that gives her like a little check mark in the motive, uh, category. Uh, and then of course everything that, that Simon did, but then you see, you know, you know, when they go to find blue and the whole thing with her being Simon's assistant and she was the mind behind the meta cat series. And then he stole it from her, threatened to kill her career. If she spoke out telling her it's her paying her dues as a new artist. Uh, and clearly he's done this several times with a bunch of other people. He's passing oh. other people's work off as his own. And Malcolm yeah. knew about it because he had also gone to blue. So then I was like, well, there could be a motive for Simon. And then, you know, stab, stab, so never mind. Uh, <laughs> yep, one ear, you yeah. know, uh, later. Yeah, yeah which that's nothing, the, the ear. It was, it was like, Joe, are you really going to go into the room literally as the police are on their way up there at the same time? <laughs> that's a really dumb move. I uh, know. How the heck did he get up there before they even got up there? Right, he was like, outside. How did he even know where to find him? Yeah. Which, again, because maybe he yeah. did it. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, he had his ear missing, which I guess he had a super expensive like earring. And mm -hmm. what did Malcolm have? Something Malcolm had like a ring his, on that a like, ring yeah. on. So was he collecting or whoever? I guess is collecting. Um, we know Joe did like to collect, uh, you know, things from the, the people who killed him. Or he had some teeth from. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, but definitely the finger and now the ear. They mean something. I'm not even going to try to guess what yet, but. I don't. Yeah, I can't fathom. It's too early for me <laughs> to think about. Yeah. And then, you know, at, at the, like, little, when they're all gathered together after Simon's death, and the way that they're all talking and kind of just laughing and making jokes. And so gross. To where, yeah, Joe even says it's like a gallery of sociopathic behavior. And I was like, yeah, it's. <laughs> you would know. That that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. You know, the only ones that seemed even remotely bothered by Simon's death are Phoebe and Reese, maybe Adam a little bit, but he even says stuff like, you know, well, he was more of Phoebe's friend, really, or, you know, he's the one that brings up, well, Kate's going to be so rich now because it's imagine how much his stuff's going to be worth after. Like, that was Adam bringing that up. So, really, he's still being very, you know, disrespectful <laughs> towards the dead. Uh, mm -hmm. So then you wonder about motives and stuff there. But then we do see that Kate is constantly still trying to call Malcolm and get in touch with him. So then I'm like, well, maybe erase that last mark I put on her. <laughs> so I was like, I, yeah, I don't know. I uh, don't think it's her, but they're doing a good job of kind of bouncing back and forth and making you guess things. So I'm not sure. <laughs> they are. Like you said, they're doing a good job at kind of giving everyone, which I guess with the exception of like Gemma, um, 
and uh, oh goodness, a blessing, blessing. princess mm-hmm. blessing. You know, I, I feel like we can probably keep them on that other side of the line as not suspects, but, but yeah, it's, it's nice how they are kind of putting it out there that everyone could have had a motive or maybe opportunity or everyone had a, you know, had something, I guess. But it's interesting yeah. though, why, if the, if, if someone, whoever it was that killed Simon and wanted to try to frame Joe for it, why, why would they kill again? Like what, what is the, what is the purpose? Because it's, it doesn't seem like it was to set Joe up again. Yeah. So, so why, why do it again? If, if your whole intention was just to get rid of Malcolm and you needed to, you, you, here's an opportunity. Oh, I, I can get rid of him. I've got an opportunity and I've got the perfect person to put it on Joe or Jonathan, sorry, as he's mm-hmm. known to all of them. Um, so then why go kill someone else? Yeah. Cause so. even Joe was kind of shocked there. He's like, it's not a one-off. Yeah. Murder. So. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? There's something deeper going on for sure. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I love this whole, you know, figuring it out. And I love the twist of, you know, someone stalking Joe, um, you know, instead of the other way around, because I don't know if I would have loved another season of that, you know, kind of going that way. So I like something a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just other random notes. I'll try to quickly go through those. Uh, Sean Pertwee is here as Vic, the bodyguard slash driver slash who knows what else mm-hmm. for, for Phoebe or Adam or both. I'm really not sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm either not- way, he's sure. a great employee. He's, always there when he needs to be and he's very effective has that good shakedown on joe whenever he's finding adam's secret yep and i'm sure he'll be watching joe very closely now i bet he Uh, will even joe having that you know clever writer lie which is in line with his story with to nadia so it's easy to hold together he might actually have to start writing a book now though um (laughs) yep but yeah but i like him because sean pertwee of course the actor uh most known for me, as Alfred Pennyworth in Gotham, he's the uh, oh, butler okay. and trainer and caretaker of young Bruce Wayne, right? Oh, that's um, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> he's Alfred there, but he's also done a bunch of other stuff, including like he was in Event Horizon and a bunch of other things. But Really? Yeah. Oh, God. I haven't, well, I haven't <laughs> seen that in a long time, so that might be why I don't recognize him from that. That's a good yeah. movie. Yeah, but it was, it was cool to see him. Uh, Joe with, must I Google everything? And then he gets on the computer and we see that the browser he's using is maybe for copyright sake, but it was called uh, Query Comer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it states at the top of that browser that he has his VPN active, which makes total sense for Joe. There's no way he does anything without one, right? Um, <laughs> I like that he keeps referring to that night at Sundry House as the black hole. That's funny to me. He's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't remember anything. Uh, hey, we've all got one of those. Right. Maybe more than one, yeah. Which, while he was there, what could have drunk Joe possibly said to Phoebe? I hope it's a super fun eventual uh, like reveal at some point, because keeps coming up. <laughs> I gotta hear what he said to her, because apparently it was so profound to her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, rolled. We didn't get a lot of him. A little bit more. Still practically nothing other than kind of one little throwaway where Reese seems to specifically see some kind of fault in him. 
but that gets cut short by the the paint situation. So we still don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Reese, I don't know how to read him, especially now after you've uh, <laughs> dumped all of this information on me. No, but uh, but based off of what you know, my thoughts on this episode, I'm kind of in the same boat as Joe. I was like, I want to like him. He seems good. He seems sincere. Yeah, but he also is very easily capable of so much evil and keeping it hidden. So it feels like he's definitely a major suspect, though you don't want him to be. Yeah, I I think I could like him, but he's very mysterious. I, you know, if if I'm wrong about all of that, I can't can't figure out where he lands because it's like he doesn't approve exactly of how they all behave, but at the same time, he still hangs around them and doesn't really admonish them too much. You know, Um, he's just kind of like, oh, this is gross i'm i need air you know and he Mm -hmm. excuses himself but he doesn't really you know stand up and be like you know y'all y'all are being terrible you know he just kind of lets it go so and then lastly i can do the whole music section yes not as not as great as the first episode but there's still some Fun stuff in here. So, of course, uh, Shy Guy by Bryjean as Joe goes into the gallery and he's kind of watching people. Um, Are You All Good by Breathe when he's introduced to Rold. Uh, While Adam is looking at the egg, it's a song called A Walk by Tycho. Uh, When he's talking to Reese at the Medicat painting, the song is Diamond Cut by Overmono. It's a lot of electronic stuff that's at the gallery in this episode is where most of it kind of Mm-hmm. Uh, comes in uh, when uh, Simon is, is talking to Kate and kind of chewing her out the song is Sunset Riders by Julian Glabs and lastly when Joe falls asleep on the bench and the sirens are coming in that emergency 911 that is <laughs> emergency uh, by Sophie Tucker and Novak Yaks X Sophie Tucker being a artist I really really enjoy I love them a lot so Oh, cool. I don't think I've heard of any of their stuff. I can so. almost guarantee you have heard oh, some okay. Tucker songs. You just Maybe. Just didn't know who it was then. Right, yeah. right. Yep. That that happens a lot. Like, I <laughs> definitely hear songs and enjoy them, but have zero clue who the artist is. And um, so, yeah, you're you're probably right. Super cool. Yeah. Good, good call outs for the music. Any other notes? That's it. Awesome. I like it. Um, I think that's a pretty good wrap on episode two so far. Stay tuned for next week. See if I'm completely off balance with my theory. (laughs) See. Um, Okay. Well, we did get some listener feedback um, this week. So let's go ahead and jump into that one. Um, Do you want to take the first one for me? Sure. Uh, this one comes from Melissa. I don't know if I can even attempt your last name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it a Cipolla? Cipolla? It could be anything. Let us know. You write back in next yeah. week and we will get it. Uh, but Melissa, I can do that one. Um, <laughs> says, long time listener, first time writer. I'm really enjoying this season so far and I'm going to try to watch it along with you, but don't know if I have the willpower to watch one episode a week. The whodunit plot is really fun. I don't want to spoil the book series, but they are taking the plot of Joe trying to be a better man for Marianne from book three. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see how much of that book they incorporate since the show has been very different from the last two books so far. Keep up the good work. 
Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm because I'm not familiar with the books at all, Mm-mm. so I I don't know the source material or you know what they've pulled from the books. I, I think we had a couple of folks before um, somewhere in the first couple of seasons that we've or previous seasons that we've covered that have mentioned off and on you know, a little bit like, oh yeah, that's from, you know, the, the second book or something like that. So it's good to get that insight. Thanks, Melissa. And thanks for writing in for the first time. Don't let it be the last time, please. Um, and if you can't, um, not just watch one a week, uh, I've got the posts up, go ahead and watch them and leave your feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, they are on our Facebook page or you can, um, send us a voicemail or an email if you prefer. Um, our next one is from Doug Fick. He says, as of today, you is the number one show on Netflix. I think we can all take credit for this. <laughs> is Marianne not Joe's you anymore? It's now his stalker, accuser, setter, upper. Since everyone in the show sucks whale, by the way, the whale was amazing. Um, maybe they are all in on this because they are rich and bored. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, the quip West End revival of Mean Girls made me laugh out loud. It was a good line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Nadia, I'm liking you only. Going to be sad to see you go, I'm sure. Uh, this show is a real pisser, eh? Adam, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you're in, as in U-R-I-N-E, for those that cannot see. <laughs> Doug's feedback. He says, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the artist Simon's ear cut off a la Van Gogh, a little on the nose. He chewed like an asshole anyway. <laughs> Who got in Joe's flat and redecorated? Someone from season one? John Stamos, perhaps? That would be brilliant. It's funny that we both referenced the John Stamos character separately when he has a yeah. comeback. That's fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, this... Um, <sighs> There's so much, you know, we had this Mean Girls reference and I go back to like so much of this reminds me of like Gossip Girl with a little bit of murder thrown in. Um, I was a big Gossip Girl fan back in the day and that's where I was introduced to Penn Badgley back in the day. Um, So, yeah, there's some fun things from that, too. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. All right. The next one comes from Don Elizabeth says, I hope I'm getting this in on time. You did. You did good. Um, <laughs> it says, I'm terrible at figuring out mysteries and I'm enjoying this so much. I have no idea who the killer is, but given what happens at the end with the killer putting all those articles up on Joe's wall, I really wonder if it's someone from his past. I don't remember enough of the past seasons to, quest at anyone, or to guess at anyone in particular. Is there someone Joe let go? Someone who held on to a grudge all these years? I think there was, but can't remember who. Rima, what do you and Pake think? Hmm. Um... I, I mean, remember the top people I think of that he let go again. You mentioned them. They were kind of the, the kids that he kind of took care over, but like Paco or Ellie, but Paco kind of had almost this loyalty to him to a fault right at the end. I mean, <laughs> he, uh, he did let someone go. And it's funny that you mentioned, um, oh, Gotham. Will, Be- uh, Will Bettelheim. Yes. Bettelheim. <laughs> Yeah, he he let him go, but he helped fix his identity problem. So yeah, he's in a great relationship somewhere else now. So I think. He <laughs> yeah. So that that I think is the only person that I am aware of that he let him go. But I feel like he wouldn't be one to come. Come after 
after Joe. He didn't seem the type, but who knows? I don't know. I, I did question, is there someone from his past that could be, you know, coming back, you know, if revenge was the motive, um, you know, cause I mean, he doesn't have money or at least not anymore, you know, whatever money he had from, uh, love, um, he gave all to, um, that hit, hitman guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think it would be for sex, but it could just be someone related to someone he hurt in his past. And he's hurt a lot of people. He left quite a trail. So I don't know. Um, we did get an email from Susie. Um, she left a note and let us know that she is in Minnesota. And if we would like to use a Fargo accent to read her email, <laughs> a la the way that uh, Hake put on his nice British accent. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't. You read the email. Maybe I'll do that first part just to see what she thinks. Um, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do that one. You, if you want to tackle that that part, you can. I just, I, um, you know, I, I, under, I know what one sounds like, but uh, I don't think I can pull it off. I don't know. Again, it might be really bad, but we can, we can see what I can do. She says, <laughs> "You may read this in any accent you choose." I'm going normal, but I am in Minnesota and work at a place called Saint Olaf. May I recommend one of the Fargo films accents? Yeah, you betcha. Just kidding, but FYI, I thought Pig's British accent was delightful. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, from, you're from Minnesota, aren't you? All right. <laughs> love, I do love it. Love me some Minnesota. It's been a while since I've been there, but legitimately, every interaction with any person I've ever had while in Minnesota has been wonderful. I loved everybody I've ever met while I was there. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you but, have that going for you. Yeah, <laughs> they really are so delightful people. Um, I don't know if I've actually—I don't think I've been, but um, I did love Fargo. Be um, careful with the Minnesota so, accent because then it goes into Irish for some reason for me. My accents cross a lot, so if I keep doing it, it will go there. Don't I don't you know? know. Why it does. Don't you know? Yep. So Susie says, "Sorry, Susie, we're going to email." <laughs> Um, she writes in and says, right now, I think Reese is the top suspect and all his magnanimous non-judgment judgment. Let me start over right mm-hmm. now. I think Reese is the top suspect and all his magnanimous non-judgmental comments about his rich a-hole friends are just cover for his serial killing them one by one. But I hope I'm wrong for two reasons. One, I want to be surprised. Two, I don't want them to keep portraying all people who have hard childhoods as sociopaths. Oh, that's a good point. Um, Like Paik, I used to work with kids, and so many come through the worst stuff as wonderful humans, and it would be nice to see that other side portrayed fully on the show. Finally glad to have you back, Susie. Thanks. Yeah, That's nice. That's a good point. You don't want to just like paint every like, oh, kid went through trauma, so now they're a serial killer. Clearly, yeah, it's... You don't want to paint that as just like a given all the time because. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of us have had shit childhoods. So I've, I've um, worked with some kids who have had some really rough home situations or, mm-hmm. or issues and ended up, I mean, definitely having their issues, but being able to work through them, like work with them and talk with them and stuff. I've seen some like really positive growth and like them become really really good people so, right yeah. yeah i totally agree it it 
it's good to see the the good of that instead of you know yeah turning out to be a sociopath so good good point Susie and thanks for writing in all right we did get a couple of calls this week so let's get to those um First one we have is from Gail. Gail had a nice email last week um, and had some great insights. So let's see um, what she has to say um, in her message this week. Hi, Rima and Paik. I'm joining you in a week-to-week viewing schedule. I agree with you that binging takes a lot away from appreciating and speculating about TV we love. This week was interesting. There was a lot of spaghetti thrown at the wall, which I'm sure you're going to comment on. So I'm going to look at the meta things that I'm seeing. Nadia is curious. Clearly, she is not 19. She looks between 25 and 30. As Nadia has carefully pointed out, there are no coincidences. I have a sneaking suspicion that she's not what she appears and maybe a relative of one of Joe's previous victims. Time will tell. Oh, and the writers chiding audience members disappointed with this season's whodunit model as being snobs was a bit on the nose. Speaking of coincidences, did you notice that Joe was not conscious for either murder? He was drunk or passed out for the first one, and sleeping on a bench for the second. Also, did you notice that no other character other than Joe has interacted with Reese? Finally, did you notice that when Simon was murdered, they panned over the shoes of the murderer? Those shoes were men's shoes, maybe size 10, and they were very ordinary men's shoes, not expensive people men's shoes. Okay, so stay with me. We know that Joe's grip on reality is tenuous at best. His delusions have been mounting through the seasons. Reese appears to Joe and they have this instant connection after Nadia gives Joe the book with Reese's picture on it. Putting this all together, I'm suspecting that Joe has had a total break from reality and that he might be suffering from dissociative identity disorder or DID. This is a condition in which an individual's psyche fractures into multiple and distinct identities that are typically unaware of the presence of each other. It used to be called multiple personality disorder. I'm thinking that when Joe goes to sleep or loses consciousness in some way, that Reese becomes the dominant personality and may be carrying out the murders. Joe may be stalking himself through the texts and the spectacular wall of crime artwork on his apartment wall. This might be a bit far-fetched, but interesting nonetheless, I hope. So for someone's psyche to fracture in such a way generally requires a severe trauma. Joe's delusions make him more or less trauma-proof, but I can think of one thing that could have pierced his delusions enough to trigger DID. What if Joe did not let Marianne go? What if he killed her? What if everything we are seeing is Joe's attempt at seeing himself as a good person, one who can be redeemed by suppressing what he has done while acting out on killing quote-unquote bad people in the dissociated and deniable form of Reese? Maybe Joe doesn't always look like a Jonathan. I fully admit that this might be a tiny, sad bark of a huge redwood, but it crossed my mind almost instantly during the episode. If you've ever watched Mr. Robot or Moon Knight, you will have seen a version of this before. As this is my first guess, it's bound to be wrong. All part of the fun. Anyway, thanks for the pod. Talk to you next week. Gail. 
man, now I'm just questioning how I didn't think of it because both of you guys are just like on the exact same wavelength. Gail's my new best friend. <laughs> Gail. That wow. was awesome. Um, now it's only the lens I'm going to be watching the rest of these episodes <laughs> through until I know better. Gosh, <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe I've colored a little bit your perception to, um, you know, what happens next. I don't know. I, I do feel slightly validated because I really thought I'm, you know, like, but I don't know. It little pieces and they stack up and it it just made sense to me. But I guess I wasn't the only one that had that thought. So Gail, thanks um, for that awesome insight. Um, and I liked your little birdie in the background. Thank you so much for your feedback, everyone. You guys got to keep writing in. And if you've already watched, be sure to let us know what you thought. Yeah, absolutely. So next week, so we put out these first two um, kind of lickety split just to kind of, you know, get on top of the uh, Netflix release of all first five episodes anyway, or at least not all, but just first five. Um, so we're going to be back to week to week after this. So next week we're covering um, season four, episode three of you titled Eat the Rich. Hmm. Interesting. Should be interesting. Hopefully, uh, I'm excited to watch that um, after we're finished here and find out yeah. what the heck is going on next. Yeah. I'll make sure to jump into that one tonight at some point. Yep. I know some uh, some people are wanting to play some Fall Guys online. We'll see. I might do that. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, if you would like to write in, leave us a message, voicemail, any of that stuff. You can find all the contact information you need for us over at podcastica.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows um, so much. Like we talked about last week, Run For Your Lives is now a part of the Podcastica network. So mm -hmm. definitely have to check them out. Be sure to check out our coverage for um, The Last of Us. Um, check out the movies being um, covered on It's Showtime, folks, which is a new um, podcast for you know specifically for movies you know because we we focus we cover sh uh, movies from time to time you and Daphne do cover movies too but you know it's a good place just to kind of really focus just on movies you know we um, focus so much on tv shows it's a good place to go um, to look at a couple movies and what we've got right. going on and I know I covered um, Jason and I covered Terminator 1984 Terminator classic. Oh, one of my favorites. So that was awesome. Um, Greg and Penny are covering um, extraordinary. Is that the name of it? Um, yeah. With the extraordinary cast, their, their new podcast. Um, so if you're a fan of this, a uh, murder mystery whodunit kind of thing going on right now, Peacock's uh, poker face with Natasha Leone. They've got the murder magnets podcast. I think it is Jason Jade and Penny covering that one. So. Yeah, um, I'm hearing good things about that. I haven't had a chance to watch yet. I haven't but... had a chance to start it yet, but I'm curious because it's, it's again, you mentioned Glass Onion earlier in the episode. It's Ryan Johnson. It's so Ryan Johnson. Like, yeah, exactly. And I love Natasha Leon. I think she's mm -hmm. great. If Have you seen Russian Doll? I saw the first season. I still haven't watched season two yet. I haven't either. But season one. Wow. That was yeah. amazing. She's she's great. And, you know, she was great in Orange is the New Black. And mm -hmm. um, she's got a great body of work. So she's great. So I I, I feel like it's. You know, I feel confident in saying that's um, pretty great. So 
So yeah, a lot of great things obviously happening at Podcastica. You should go definitely check everything out that we've got going on um, there. Um, I gave a little tease to run for your lives this week. (laughs) Hold on what was coming the next week. So uh, we've got our friend Des coming on uh, this weekend on Friday for the new ep- next episode of Run for Your Lives. Yay, Des! Jumping into a world that we know very well here on Strange Indeed. We're jumping into the world of Stephen King as we're looking at uh, The Mist. I saw that on your page. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. dipping your toes into some Stephen King. Yes. It's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pete. And Susie from Minnesota is strange indeed. Don't you know? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.